The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Acts of the Apostles tells us that one of the signs that a religious person is filled with the Holy Spirit is that he is able to communicate in foreign languages to foreign peoples. This is terrible news for me because I'm terrible with languages. Anybody who knows me well knows that I don't speak well other languages, even when I've studied them a bit. I studied Spanish for years and never really got it down, and it's gotten me into some trouble when I go to Latin America, as often I've been called to do as a Jesuit. I once worked at a soup kitchen in Tijuana, Mexico, and, and there was one point in which we got a large shipment of bread in, and we went out to the, way out into the deep countryside to give out all of this bread. And, and not many women showed up that particular day, so we ended up giving a large number, like eight loaves of bread for each of the mothers who showed up. And I wanted to say to them, Ustedes pueden a compartir este pan con las otras mujeres, which means you all can share this bread with the other women of the town. Ustedes pueden a compartir. Except that I said, ustedes pueden a competir, which means compete. So I told the women, you all can compete with the other women for this bread. At that point, the women said to me, no. And I said, see. And we got in a big argument about whether or not these women were going to compete for the bread before one of my other fellow workers came and rescued me. The other word that I got mixed up in northern Mexico, northwest Mexico, they have a local idiomatic phrase, un rato. Rato means a while. So if they say un rato, they mean just a minute. When we say just a minute, they say un rato. Or they might say un ratito, just a second, un ratito. The problem is that I often said un raton, which means mouse. One day I was tutoring my, uh, these uh, uh, young uh, sisters, religious sisters who ran the soup kitchen. I was tutoring them in English and I had their homework assignment happen to be on the floor. So as they were getting up to leave, 
I wanted to say, wait a minute, so I can give them their homework. But I said, un raton, and I reached down the floor, and I looked back up, and they were gone. I, I didn't know what had happened to them. Worse than that, in the middle of the night once, remember, this is a soup kitchen, and, and my bedroom happened to be near the gate. We closed the gate for the night. It's the middle of the night. I'm sleeping soundly, and I hear this pounding on the gate, pound, pound, pound. I go out there, and there are these two men, and they say, uh, we're hungry. Do you have anything to eat? And I said, si, un raton. And I go into the kitchen. I go into the kitchen and make them a sandwich, and I come out, and they're gone. So apparently, they weren't quite as hungry as, as they thought they were. How is it? How is it that these apostles, these disciples, were given this gift of the Holy Spirit that allowed them to communicate in foreign lands, to communicate to fo in foreign languages. I think it's because the apostles and disciples were empty. Their hearts and minds were empty. And why is that? Well, only 53 days before this, they watched their Savior brutally, violently murdered. We all have this phrase now, PTSD, post-traumatic stress. They, I, I think they were still so traumatized by this horrible, horrific event of the crucifixion that, that they were empty. And then Jesus came back, and you'd think, okay, everything's fine then. But, but then he left again in the ascension, and they're alone again. They, they go back to that upper room where they cowered right after the passion, where they hid, they locked the upper room. And now they're locked again in the upper room. They're out of resources. There's no more gas in the tank for them. They don't know what to do anymore. And it's because of that emptiness, out of that emptiness, that the Holy Spirit is able to fill them. And they're able, maybe for the first time, to act out of the Holy Spirit. And what comes out of their mouth is a communication of the love of God to all peoples, even in languages they can't even speak. I believe this about the emptiness because that's my own experience too, this rare moment when I was able to communicate in a foreign language. I was in Africa working with refugees, Sudanese refugees in northern uh, Uganda. And I had never been in a place so utterly different than my own, so foreign to me. And we were preparing to go out to a very distant village where they had not received a priest, they had not had a priest in a long, long time, even though they were all very devout Catholics. And my team and I, we tried to figure out ways that we can communicate with them the love of God and the love of the church. The only problem is that they spoke no English and we didn't speak their tribal language. One of the ways we did this was we used the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession. I put the purple stole on and, and, and sat under the, the one shady tree in this desert area. And one by one, each of them came and knelt and confessed their sins in a language that I knew nothing of. I sat in this chair for hours 
And I felt the Holy Spirit go through me. I, spe- I felt the, the, the Holy Spirit of reconciliation fill me and then fill them. And love was communicated despite the fact that I could not speak a word of their language nor of mine. They confessed in their language, I absolved in mine. And it was the most powerful experience of reconciliation that I ever had. A little later in the day, we wanted to have some sort of ritual to recognize that they had lost so much because this was an incredibly impoverished and war-torn area. And they had had many people who had died. Many of these moms and dads had lost children to dysentery or disease or even to war. And somehow we wanted to express to them the church's love for them, the church's tenderness to them. So we made up this ritual that didn't require words. We, we, we took bed sheets and hung them up in such a way that it created walls of a chapel. And we had pink construction paper and scissors and a marker. And somehow we were able to communicate to them that each of them could come up and name one person whom they loved who had died. For the longest time, the longest line, one after the other would come to me and I would carefully write out the names of the loved one who had died on these little pink hearts that you, that you make in elementary school. These little pink construction paper hearts. Write out the name of each one that they had lost and hand it to them with a straight pen and they go into this makeshift bedsheet chapel and pinned it to the wall. And by the end, what they were doing was joining their loved ones with the communion of the saints who were already there. The walls were covered in pink hearts. And they had a quiet moment. And love was communicated. It was one of the most profound experiences of funeral rite that I'd ever had. I didn't speak a word of their language, nor they of mine, but we communicated that day. The Holy Spirit communicated through me to them and they to me. You know very well that one sad phenomenon, and all you have to do is look at U.S. politics, that sometimes we speak the same language, but we don't communicate, right? Worse than that, I bet every single one of you, and myself included, could name at least one family member, one neighbor, one friend, one coworker that you speak the same language, but you're not communicating. And it's possible that you tried everything. You tried one thing, and then another, and then another. And now your tank is empty. You have no more resources. You don't know what to do. You cannot communicate to this person that you love. Those you speak the same language. The church invites you on the Feast of Pentecost to call upon the Holy Spirit. Empty your hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Try to channel the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you the language of love. And trust that the Holy Spirit who came to the disciples will come to you as well.
and love will be communicated again.